Hello, Miami. This is 305 Sports Now, your home podcast for all things Miami sports related. I am Will. And for those of you, uh, those of you watching at, a, at the visual version on YouTube, please remember to like and subscribe to the bonus interview page. All right. So joining us today is uh, a very good friend of mine and a very talented high school football coach. Uh, basically, he's also coach of the year, the head coach of the Westland Hialeah Wildcats, Mr. Joseph Gross. Joe, how's it going? Going pretty well, man. I appreciate you having me back on. Oh, no, of course, man. What, what are friends for? <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things I want to tell you, I want to talk to you about. First, of all, I want to thank you. We we're talking before the show, and I also want to um to let the public know that this is one of the hardest working men, you know, in high school football. This guy, you know, t- teaches summer school, coaches after school, all right, and then did physicals basically till now. All right. So I want to ask you a question, man. How, how tired are you? It's it's you know, you you know, we don't get tired till the weekend. You know, that's when you feel it. You feel, uh, okay. Feel uh, <laughs> spoken like a true football coach, man. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right. So uh, we've had you on previously, you know, with uh, with Coach Tim, uh, with Coach Timothy, Timothy Neal, also a good friend of mine as well, a good friend of the show. Uh, but one of the things I wanted to um, go over with you is uh, is for those who are new listeners to the show, you have a, a remarkable history on how you became a head coach and, and your history in coaching altogether. Can you share with the audience, you know, how you got your start? Yeah, so uh, it's kind of funny. So I was actually I was training to play. Uh, to play, uh, I was trying to play. Get, I was trying to get a hardship to play a fifth year, um, fifth year eligibility. Um, you know, went contacted a coach. What was going to come as a walk on to a school up in Maine, and um, I was working out at uh, Miami Central. I lived uh, a couple blocks away, um, and the hardship got denied by the NCAA. It fell through. So uh, the coach at the time, you know, the head coach at the time, he had known that, known that the hardship had fallen through, and uh, he asked me if I could stay on, you know, and help out on the staff and coach. And um, I really hadn't previously thought much about coaching, uh, but I decided, you know, give it a shot. That was 20, that was the the spring of 2010. So fall of 2010 was my first season. Um, ended up, you know, I had a six year uh, run there on that staff, uh, Miami Central. I was there for in 2010 when the school won their first state championship. Um, and then 2011, we lost in the, uh, in the state championship to Stephanie Armwood. And then we had the four peak from um, 2012, uh, 12, 13, 14, 15. Um, and then I transitioned. I, I took an out of state position. I transitioned up to a school, Lenhurst High School in New York. Um, I was up there with, uh, um, you know, with them for, for a year and then uh, came back down to Miami um, and ended up falling into the, you know, the head coaching job at, at West. I actually got hired at Westland. Um, to run the special ed department. And then there was a vacancy and I kind of just, you know, slid into the role. Yeah. That's amazing. That also the, the fact that you took over, you took over and that school, which was, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you, was considered a laughing stock. You know, the, even the Herald did articles on them, you know, that they just couldn't win a football game. I think they, they scored one touchdown the first game at one point of one of their seasons. It was a couple seasons ago, three seasons ago, and then they didn't score another touchdown to the end of the season you know, to becoming the, you know, going to the Independence League Championship game and you becoming head coach of the year. Uh, what kind of work did you have to put into to make, to turn that school from basically a worst to first uh, type of program? Um, a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a constant, constant grind. Um, it's a lot of, a lot of aspects of the game, a lot of facets. It's, you know, it's, um, 
the weight room, you know, getting stronger, um, you know, getting well-conditioned, uh, speed, agility, knowledge of the game, um, you know, and then fine-tuning just, you know, specific positions. Uh, I try to I try to have very little kids play both ways. I really don't like anyone to play both ways. I like, you know, one-way players because I think that um, you can fine-tune yourself a lot more. Um, you know, certain situations, certain games, you know, you want your best 11 on the field, but um, you know, I think my staff does a really good job at, at coaching kids up. Um, so we, we really try to have the, the student athletes, you know, focus kind of on one position and master. And they, you know, they need to know, be very knowledgeable and everything about the position um, as well as, you know, be able to perform on the field. Uh, so one, I mean, one of the things that, that we try to, we try to really like proud ourselves on is, you know, one of our, our young men, you know, goes to on a visit, some kind of visit, goes to see a school that they're going to be impressed by his knowledge of the game, you know. Um, and I always tell them to, you know, if they're ever talking to coaches, let them know, like, listen, my verbiage might be different, but, you know, we, we speak the same language. Um, so, um, you know, we try to really cover cover everything. We, we try to run it, you know, like a top-notch program and take it very serious. And, um, you know, so far it's, it's been going pretty well. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to change, uh, especially since uh, you have a blue chipper on your team and you, and you have some really good football players that have been coming out, you know, this uh, after last season's success. But one of the things I've noticed about Westland football, and I'll be very frank with you because I was doing research before I interviewed you, is there's not much footage out there on your guys. All right. Not, right. not a max preps, not on YouTube. Um, so that's, so that's something that, uh, that, um, I think will change, you know, in particular. So one of the things I, I, I want to tell, I want to tell the viewers is that this is a school, you know, West End's a school under the tutelage of coach gross that really only lost to one team all of last season. It lost to Barbara Goldman, the Barbara Goldman beat them twice, two very tough losses, you know, but that's really the only team that really beat, you know, Westland football, um, all of that year. Um, so it's it, it was it, it was it was tough on your guys, you know, in particular uh, to, to to have those two losses, especially to, especially when you especially when you probably feel you could beat that school, you know, in particular, especially since you're basically across the street from us, you know, not too far away, you know, from from Westland. Um, so it must have hit your guys, like I said, pretty hard. Um, discuss the off season, you know, how is it going with your guys this summer? How is practice going, and so on, and what can the audience and what can Westland, the fans of Westland Hialeah Wildcat football expect from a coach gross, uh, coach team this season? Um, hard hits, you know, hard work. Um, the boys, boys are ready. You know, I, I, I know it has to translate to the field, but they're excited. They want to get out there. Um, you know, I, I have a, a ton of respect for, the, the Goldman program, their, their head coach is a really good friend of mine. He does an incredible job over there, but um, we definitely have that game circled, you know, week four. Um, and then we got, you know, we go to Hollandale, we have Carroll city, we have Booker T, we have North Miami. So, um, you know, we, we made sure our schedules got some, some teams on it that, you know, we want to come out. We, we don't want to duck any, anybody, you know, we don't come out and we want to play and we're going to show we can play with whoever. Yeah. Well, that's an ultimate test for you guys. I mean, to, to play schools like that. You know, um, I remember when um, when I was when I was a, a student at Coral Park and I was doing journalism over there at Coral Park. You know, Coral Park played the Killians. Coral Park played the Carroll Cities. Coral Park played the Miami Highs when Andre Johnson was their lead receiver. You know, right. so I think I think that's actually a good thing for for your kids to not just play. You know, pretty much um, um, not so talented football teams or teams without winning records, but 
face some competition of from guys that could really give them a run for their money. Right. Yeah. We have, you know, we have a kickoff classic, but then our week one is, uh, um, we play Hollandale and, um, Hollandale coach, coach Bush, he's a really good friend of mine for a long time. So when I was talking to him, you know, we were, we were kind of setting it up the game and, and he was like, coach, what you want to do, man? You want to, you want us to come there? You want to play, you know, we come to you. I said, and then, and then, you know, Broward, Broward, they play at their school, you know, in, in Miami, we're really the only county that like we play at like parks, you know, Broward, every school has a stadium. So you play at the high school. And I said, no, nah, I said, coach, man, we're coming to you, man. Like I need to see week one at night. Are my kids going to get off the bus at your school and play? You know, they're going to, they're going to come out and be timid. They're going to play ball. And I'll know right there, you know, how our season's going to go. How did you, how do kids feel about when you inform them of the, of the kind of, of the kind of teams will be playing this year? Oh, they, they're, they're all for it. They want it. Yeah, okay. they want it. I mean, I would figure, you know, the, the, the because Booker T, you know, uh, Carroll City, those are classic teams, you know, in, in South Florida high school football. They've gone, they've won state championships. So I'm sure, uh, I'm, I'm sure your, your, your kids will get up for that, for that game. And they must be excited to play, you know, those, those caliber kind of teams. It's also yeah, good because Booker there will be scouts too. So that's, uh, that's something that, that's good for them as well. Yeah. Booker T won at least one, I think. I think they won two national championships. Yes. But I know they won at least one. Um, 2000, 2013, 14 season, they won a national championship. Yeah, so definitely, no, that's, that's definitely a, a tough school. The schools like Central, yeah. you know, schools like Booker T, Northwestern, right. you know, those are schools that, that are known, they're known nationally, not just locally as well. All right, and, so, and, and go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Great, no, you brought up a great point too. And, you know, that's the other thing that I think the kids are, you know, subconsciously aware of and we preach to them too is like, you know, listen, if, if, if you want a shot at playing at that next level, there's no better way than, you know, to, to play the team that has those guys already committed already with those offers. And, you know, you got to show them, you can just go out there and show you can play with, play with them and, you know, rise your stock and put yourself out there and let, let schools know that, man, I need to look at this kid. You know, he's the real deal. You also never know. I mean, upsets happen all the time, you know, and so on. And, and the way you coach your team and, and you, and you've coached winners, you know, you've coached state championships yourself. Um, I mean, I remember when I, again, when I was at Coral Park, you know, Killian was the top team in the state and in the playoffs, Coral Park beat Killian, right. you know, as well. And then Coral Park actually owned Killian for a couple of years uh, during that period. And you would have never thought that because Killian was Killian, you know, so, so even though, even though, you know, Booker T is Booker T and, and, and deserves respect, you know, and right. so is Carroll City, you know, Westland is going to be, is, uh, is ready to play, you know, they're going to be prepared and, and they have a coach that's done it, you know, at a high level. So I think that's a, that's a, again, a good opportunity for your kids. And if they, you know, and if they do get that victory and so on, which I think they will, because I'm, you know, I'm a fan of yours uh, in general, uh, I think that's good for their psyche. I think that's good for their, you know, that's basically going to be a catalyst for their season as well, because if they could beat a Booker T, you know, they could beat a Carroll city and prove themselves that they belong with the elite, the elite. That's just going to, that's just going to motivate them. I think to get better at, you know, as football players. Yeah. And, you know, I think we do a really good job. Uh, my staff that, um, you know, season's about to officially start and all that they will have you know the boys focusing on is uh the kickoff class you know and then after the kickoff class all we're going to focus on a week one and you know not think ahead not whether the season's going good or bad you know um i think one of the one of the few sports that you could really do that you know is football because you know basketball or baseball sometimes you play so many games in a week that it's like it, you know it, it bunches together but in football you have you know, you have a week, every, every game, you have a whole week of preparation. So it makes it a little easier to really just, you know, slow down and focus on one team at a time. And, um, you know, every team on our schedule can beat us, 
you know, and, and I feel that we could beat every team on our schedule is, you know, that's, that's why we play the game, you know? Um, but we, you know, we come into a game thinking ahead, we come in again, get into a game and we're not really prepared or ready. We could easily lose to anyone on our schedule. You know, we, we really don't, we don't play any bad teams at all. You know, our, our schedule, every one on our schedule is a good team. So, um, you know, we have to make sure that we prepare physically and mentally every week. Yeah, I mean, and I totally agree with you. And I think that's very important. And I think you will. I think that, you know, with the way the way you've handled your schedule, there's no way your kids, your kids could have, you know, to take a game off. You know, so I think, like I said, I think that I think promoting competition and playing against teams with that kind of caliber of history. Again, it's good for your players. It's good for, you know, uh, for development as well. You know, so I think you're on the right track, coach, in terms of, uh, of bringing success to that school, you know, and in terms of motivation and in terms of having, you know, making sure your, your guys are good to go, you know, uh, for, for the, for the rest of the season. Um, one of the things I want to go over with you as well is there's been a lot of talk of recruiting, you know, these last couple of weeks, you know, the university of Miami has made a killing, you know, uh, signing, you know, four-star players and now potentially a, a soon to be a couple of five-star players that are on their radar. Um, the secret's out on Jamari Howard, all right? Uh, Jamari Howard, if you guys know who Jamari Howard is, he's a, he's a three, depending on what website you look at, I don't even believe those sites anymore, but uh, he's a three-star on one, he's a four-star on another, but but the bottom line is the kid's six foot two, he plays corner and he can fly, all right? So that's that's the that's the one thing about about Jamari. You can hear it, you can hear in Jamari's words, you know, on Spotify, on 305 Sports Now, on another podcast, I did interview him recently. Um, but I want, I want you to highlight a few of your other players that are getting offers from other schools, but we just haven't heard, uh, we haven't heard of them because, uh, they just haven't been, they haven't been given enough recognition by the media. So, you know, yeah, yours. yeah we have, um, you know, we have, a, we have a really good, really good group coming in, um, you know, defensively, uh, I'll start with the defensive line. Both my DNs right now have offers, um, CJ Marquise and, and Trevor Darling, um, uh, we were on a visit, actually, uh, Florida Memorial for, or for CJ on the spot. Um, uh, excuse me, our fan offered CJ on the spot. Um, and then uh, Trevor was able to, able to pick up uh, two offers later in the summer. Um, but they're both going into, you know, their, their sophomore season. They're both, both kind of model images of each other. They're both about 6'2", 230, uh, who come back. Um, we have a really good interior D line that we're still working on on uh, offers for them, um, but uh, some we have you know about four kids that rotate inside that are all really good. Um, our two linebackers, Antron Williams, you know he's got uh, FAU, FIU, and, and Charlotte. Uh, Justin Rodriguez, he has um, uh, he has St. Thomas uh, offered him not too long ago. Um, you know they're both both about six two and and and. Uh, in the 220 to 235 range, Antron probably about 225, Justin probably about 230, 232. Um, so, you know, we have a, a nice defensive box. Um, you know, Jamar in the secondary or some of the guys in the secondary playing really well right now. Uh, and then on the offensive side, um, you know, our quarterback has uh, about four offers right now. Um, uh, Kaiser, Pham, um, uh, St. Thomas and uh, I believe Flomo is his, is his fourth one. Um, Receiver-wise, you know, Keon Adderley comes back to us. He's got a uh, Prairie View A&M, which is uh, Division One HBCU in Texas. Uh, Nate Washington, you know, 6'3 uh, receiver for us. He's got um, uh, St. Thomas, you know, really, 
really, really interested in him, um, working on some other things for him as well, some of the schools with some interest. Um, and then we've got some guys fond of Willem, the radar. We have a 6'4 receiver, um, Anthony Cologne, um, slot receiver, Jamonte Parks, going to 10th grade, had a really good freshman year for us last year. Um, you know, nice returning offensive line. So um, we have a lot of kids already with offers. We have a lot of kids getting looked at. And, uh, you know, I tell the kids all the time, you know, it's not rocket science. The, the better your season goes, the, you know, easier it kind of is for those schools to want to see you. Um, you know, a school that's 10 to know is going to get looked at more than a school that's own 10. You know, it's just uh, just kind of the way the game goes. Absolutely. Um, and recruiting is so big. You know, it's, it's I, I tell the boys all the time, too, there's a certain amount of, of kind of, uh, you know, I guess a, a, a blessing and a luck in the draw they have just being from Miami because, you know, we are a hotbed for recruiting. Um, so automatically, if you come out and perform, you know, someone someone's going to see you. And we're, we're big at preaching, you know, college college is so important, man. And, and such a small, small percentage of high school athletes play college ball. So biggest thing that we try to, you know, talk to these kids about too is like get rid of that, like, that, 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 that there's like this ridiculous like D1 or bust mentality. Like I have to go D1. Like you look at the league, man, you look at how many great players came from, you know, D1 AA's or D2's or D3's or NAI's. I had to go to JUCO first or, you know, all these different routes. Um, so, you know, that just that ability to be able to play at the next level is huge. And and we do a pretty good job of getting kids in school this uh, this past class, uh, 2022 graduating class. We had 11 of our seniors get scholarship offers. To go off and play so um you know we're really big on college um you know at the end of the day man the college education is you know it's, it's a beautiful thing to have so if you get to play some football while you're doing it's even better absolutely um i also wanted to ask you you know in um in terms of uh recruiting some guys they want uh they may want to get scholarships you know i know you say d1 or bus but that, that has to be in that has to be in their head because a lot of these kids you know they live in a me- in the world of social media and and, right, and unfortunately, right. I mean, everybody's on television these days, but the schools like Alabama, the schools like Michigan, the schools like Ohio State, they get a lot of the primetime coverage, you know. So how do you deal with a player um, from your experience at Central, you know, where you had some 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 very talented players and also now your experience at Westland? How do you deal with players that you might be afraid are going to go um, with a me first mentality versus a team first mentality because they want to make sure that they're star- they keep their star rating, which I think sometimes is ridiculous, um, right. the star rating itself, you know, the star rating. And they also want to make sure that they get a scholarship to a much more prestigious football, at least in football wise, prestigious university. Um, I mean, I think we do, a, 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 my, not just myself, my staff, um, you know, as well, does a really good job at kind of getting rid of the, that mentality, uh, with our players. Um, we don't really put up with that mentality. It's, it's a team effort. And, and I mean, the boys can tell you, you know, the, uh, between, you know, different types of punishment, you know, whether it's like running gassers or whatever it may be. I mean, every, any little thing they'll get punished for, you know, it's the discipline has to be a major, a major part of it. And, and we have, I have a huge open door policy. So like, if someone thinks they're better than the program, then, you know, I tell them, man, well, you want to go out, call over to the school and see if there's an opening for them. You know, it's, it's just it, sometimes as good as a player could be, it could be detrimental for, to a team if they're having a negative impact on, you know, the rest of the kids. And at the end of the day, you have, you know, 33 kids, you know, probably more really play 
football in a game, right? Because you got 11 on defense, 11 on offense, 11 on special teams. And then special teams, you know, is different personnel, you know, pretty probably different personnel packages. So one guy can't really define a team. Um, the, the, this, the group that just graduated, I had a really good group. I have another really good group this year. Um, my guys this year who have all these offers are a lot of the hardest working guys on the team. I mean, these guys will, 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 you know, destroy them for a workout and practice will be over and they'll go like to the park to work out some more. It's, it's there, you know, they're, they're just like, their, their focus is, it has me excited about the season because it's, they, I think they see something special and they're like, you know, they're going hundred miles an hour towards it. Um, but we really don't have any issues with that right now. The kids are, are they, they push themselves and if, if they hold each other accountable, which is great. You know, like I said, like the guys with the, the leaders there and the guys with the offers, they're the ones who are kind of holding everyone else accountable even more because, you know, they're seen as like, man, this is, I know, I know we can do this, you know, I'm, I'm going to make sure I push everyone to get there. That's excellent. I'm very glad that you guys have a, have a good handle on that as well, because that is important, you know, and a lot of these, like I said, a lot of these kids, you know, they want to be on film. Social media is a big, uh, is a big part of their brand now. Um, and going into, and, and now, and now one of the newest things that's out there, you know, is uh, the NILs, the name image and likeness deals that some of these kids are getting before they even step on a college football field. Um, before, before the broadcast, before the broadcast, I gave you my perspective, you know, on it. No one's talking to high school football coaches, what they <laughs> think of NILs. They're always, they're talking to the, like I said, the Sabins, the, the Chris, Chris has been a bit quieter about that, but you know, like right, Sabin's right. been very vocal about it. You know, yeah. Jimbo Fish has been very vocal about it, um, as well. Um, USC has had, you know, has been accused of buying players already. Right. So one of the things I want to go over is I've felt I've always felt that the NCAA has done it to itself. You know, they had they've had these very strict policies about kids making secondary income aside from their scholarships. Right. And some of these punishments at times have been ridiculous. Like, I think that I'm, I'm my, the story's foggy, but one of the quarterbacks out of Ohio State, he got his girlfriend, you know, to get on a plane and go see him play. And he's got suspended like six games, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, for, I forgot who it was, you know, and, and any listener, you know, out there, feel free to correct me in the comment section or let me know who it is. I'll, you know, I'll be glad to re-mention it on the air next broadcast, but stuff like that, you know, they're getting suspended for yeah. stuff like that, you know, so, you know, our governor passed a law, you know, about a year ago, where now college athletes could make money for the name, image, and likeness in other states that follow suit. Right. I, like I said, I'm okay with it, you know, I'm okay with it to the extent because I think that, you know, like, other kids are able to win in college, even with scholarships, everybody makes secondary income. Right, right. College football athletes are not. And these universities owe, uh, uh, are getting hundred million dollar television deals because of the fact that because of the, of the backs of these kids, right. my biggest concern is, and that's where I, this is where I straddle the fence a little bit. My biggest concern is I'm not okay with a 17 year old who has not entered their senior year of high school, you know, or even stepped foot on a college football field getting a $2 million endorsement from, let's say, for example, a hypothetical would be Cadillac, you know, or getting, you know, which originally Rashada and uh, Jaden Rashada, the, the recruit out of UM and um, uh, Ruiz, John Ruiz over, you know, one of the top donors at the University of Miami, they both shut that rumor down. Allegedly, uh, he was supposed to get an NIL deal of $9 million if he would have gone to UM. Both guys shut that rumor down. But my biggest concern is that, 10, 15 years from now, you're going to get a real arms race between schools like USC, 
Miami, Alabama, LSU. And you're going to see kids make who are 17 years old making $20 million just to go to a school. And I think that's very dangerous for a kid that young to have that kind of money. I mean, what do you think as a high school football coach, since you deal with these kids a lot more closely? Yeah. You know, I think, I think they're, you know, I, I mean, I think it's, it's a positive that they're getting something because, um, you know, you can't work when you play. Right. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like, yes, high school athletes get a lot just being high school athletes, but then, outside of that boundary right so it's kind of like well i want to take my girlfriend to the movies on saturday night but i can't have a job you know i might not have money at home i can't like you know it's like simple things like that that might seem like well that's not realistic but it kind of is you know i mean it it easily could be um and then you know for years and years and years it was like well you know you know this guy gets paid on the table this guy so you know if, if if you want to cut that out, then obviously like there has to be a legal way to go about it. Right. So I think it's good that there's a legal way that these kids can make money because like you said, like colleges make so much off them. Um, but I do think there needs to be, you know, like rules and regulations and, and, you know, things in place and maybe caps and whatnot in order, because the problem that, that comes then is, you know, this idea of one, like, you know, buy, almost like buying kids. Right. Um, Cause then it's like, it kind of tips the scale even more for colleges in a way, because if a college, you know, they can find ways to present all these, you know, NIL deals to all these top recruits, it's, you know, tipping the scale. Um, and then, like you said, like, I think, I still think there needs to be, you know, a sense of, of limitations and, and, and justification for, you know, how much a kid is getting and, and exactly, you know, what the stipulations are of receiving that money. And like you said, like a kid in high school who's not even in college getting, you know, millions of dollars. Um, it's, it's a Pandora's box. You know, it's one of those things like there's a lot of positives, but there's negatives too. Um, I'm be honest, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not one of the people who makes decisions upon it because, you know, I, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I'm, I'm still really, I still really have a lot of questions about, and I'm not even really fully sure about, about exactly how I feel just because of, you know, certain, you know, uh, certain, you know, extraordinary circumstances or um, limitations. And then the other thing, the other thing that's negative about, I can tell you is that, like you said, like, like, especially in the social media time, there's such like a false sense of reality amongst people in general, right? So like kids are even more impressionable. And when you go to college, like you're still a kid, you're 18, 19, so you're still a kid, right? So then it's like, you have kids like entering the transfer portal because they think like, well, I, I'm not making enough money here, you know? So I, someone else will pick me up and I'll get like, you know, $20 million. And then you have all these kids just like sitting in the transfer portal with nowhere to go. And so it's, it's you know, kid easily, we hear about like the kids making a ton of money, but they can easily, you know, completely ruin the kids, you know, playing career as well if they're following kind of the wrong path then and and it's it's easy to say well you know as adults well you know don't the kids shouldn't think like that he shouldn't follow that path but you don't know who's in his ear and you know as a, as a 18 year old and, and this someone you know whispering about all this money man it's it's hard to it's hard to to really be able to, to weed through that and see what's accurate and what's not yeah. I mean, absolutely i mean for me a cap me of $100,000, I think is something that, you, I mean, you, a little less or something like that would be, would be more ideal. You know, I, I, that's just my, that's just my take on it. 
Yeah, 100K. I don't know. The reason why I say that, the reason why I say that, I know it's high. I'm just. <laughs> listen, listen, you get, give me a coaching cap of 100K. I'll take it right now, man. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, no, but I'm just saying like something along, along those lines, you know, or 60,000, whatever, the, whatever the case yeah. would be. Uh, the only reason I say that is like I was having a discussion, you know, uh, with, a, with a friend of mine. And one of the things we, we talked, they didn't understand how the whole NCAA thing works. I'm like, well, you know, yeah, you know, you get because I've heard the argument. Oh, they get a scholarship. They get room and board. They eat as much as they want. And that's fine and dandy, but some of these kids, you know, they go home, you know, in the off season, you know, if you're from Ohio, if you're playing at Ohio state and you live in Miami, some of these kids go to go back home and their parents are living in poverty, you know? So I think that, you know, an NIL deal of $50,000 could help pay mom pay rent for an entire year. You know what I mean? So, so I think having, having that opportunity for those kids to make money and then benefit their families is, um, it's good for those kids. And it gives them a sense of responsibility as well when it comes to like budgeting and, and, you know, where to put your money, investing, you know, which I think could build wealth for the future. But as I also said, I don't, also don't want a gluttony of cash going to 17-year-olds. I think that's also not good for the kid either. You know, so so that's what I'm saying. A cap of me, 100K, uh, maybe, I, I'm being, and I'm being generous. I think it should be less personally because you're, you're getting, I, I think Addison over at USC is getting paid like $2 million, you know, and, 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 and an NIL deal he got over there. And Bryce Young, who's uh, probably going to win the Heisman Trophy this year at, uh, at Alabama, you know, um, got a $1 million deal, to de- a car dealership without throwing the football yet against Miami. So that's just, those are just things that, I, that I'm not very comfortable with. But like I said, a cap of 60K or 100K would be my top, my top dollar. I think it might be the best thing for the kid and the best thing for college football. And it kind of balances things out across, uh, across conferences and even smaller schools. Um, what do you think? You agree or disagree? Think it's too high, you know? Yeah. Honestly, man, like I said, I'm glad I'm not going to make decisions. I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm so kind of torn. Um, I just, you know, I, I do think there needs to be regulations need to be some kind of cap. I do think that they should be able to receive, you know, revenue, um, cause they're building so much of it, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And I completely agree. I think there should be a regulations, you know, obviously I'm just throwing the cap number out. That's just, I, I have the cap in my mind, but Right. Yeah, but there has to be some regulation, a governing body made by the NCAA or the NCAA itself basically throwing his hands up be like, listen, we're going to lose this fight. We're losing the conferences because I'm sure you're aware the conferences right now are doing whatever they want. They're merging or they're merging. Uh, they're merging with each other. Teams are leaving. They're making deals, you know, with um, with with networks. So, you know, they, they've kind of lost control, the NCAA of the conferences themselves. So I think that's kind of a way for the NCAA to kind of, I guess regather itself and, and regain some control by at least setting parameters to how much money players can make and, and how deals are conducted and so on. They, they do have something because John Reese was called to the carpet, you know, for allegedly violating certain rules. I don't even know what the rules are. No one in media knows what the rules are. I don't even think the NCAA knows what the rules are, you know, but what was that? That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. But he, but John Reese being a lawyer left a paper trail. And he was able to, you know, show the NCAA, listen, I've done everything by the book. You know, this is this is what the kids are making. This is what my company, blah, blah, blah. And he was pretty much exonerated. You know, they left them alone after that. You know, so, but like I said, you know, there has to be some sort of a governing body. Um, the NCAA has to come up with to make sure that you also don't have an excess of cash being thrown around to kids that, you know, haven't even thrown a football yet, you know, through a, throughout the season. You know, that's just me. I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. I know you are absolutely exhausted. All right. But once again, thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing with those kids. Very proud of you. Uh, your school's very proud of you. I can guarantee that. All right. As well. And your community's proud of you. Okay. 
All right, guys. All right, guys. If you like what you heard, please do not forget to download on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. And please, if you're watching on YouTube, do not forget to hit that like or subscribe button. Once again, for 305 Sports Now, I am Will. And my guest, Mr. Coach Joseph Gross of West San Hialeah Senior High School. Keep kicking butt, sir. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful evening. And God bless. Much appreciated, man. Thank you. You got it, my friend. See you soon.